Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Indeed makes it easy to connect with your applicants, and Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer good for a limited time. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Everybody, this is episode 232. We're still going strong. Thank you so much for everyone for coming out. If you are new to the show, this is where we talk about all the big Apple news each weekend, the greater tech world as a whole. If you're coming back, welcome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we got some good stuff about the Apple event, maybe coming sooner than we thought. Also, some Apple Watch news, AirPods Pro, and Kim Kardashian, Beats Fit Pro. We're going to talk about it briefly, but... Obviously, that, that's not how we start the show. All right, let's get to some orders of business. Two quick things. If you want to be a part of the show, if you want to call in, all you got to do is record a voice memo on your device, your phone, whatever platform you're on, your tablet, your laptop, your PC, whatever it is, call in, record it, send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z, your name, where you're from, your question, what you want to talk about, anything, corrections. You want to ask me personal things? I guess you can. I might let you do that. So applebitsshow at gmail.com. Just send it in and send in your voice inquiries and recordings. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all of my content. It starts at $2 per month, $5, which is like a cup of coffee if that's what my content is worth to you. We got the 10 the $25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. What do you get? I'll tell you what you get. Early access to my content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of this show. You don't hear a thing. It starts at $2, patreon.com slash Brian Tong. All right, let's get into things, and we're going to start with the latest story. Everyone's been wondering, when is Apple going to actually do their event? Well, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman just reported that Apple is aiming to hold their very first fall event, which would be the September event, which would be the Apple event for the iPhone and typically Apple Watch. They're targeting Wednesday, September 7th. According to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, the event will focus obviously on iPhone 14 lineup and Apple Watch Series 8 and maybe an Apple Watch Pro if we see that. Now, the other part of this is that Gurman has been told that Apple told employees, retail employees, to prepare for a new product release on Friday, September the 16th. Which would suggest that uh, those products, I mean, if Apple says, hey, there's a product coming in September, retail store employees, get ready for it. I wonder what it is. That's not a dead giveaway. The other part about this is that September the 7th is a Wednesday. Now, typically the past three years, Apple has held their fall event keynote on a Tuesday. It's been on like September 14th, September 15th. Uh, but the reason why September 7th would be moved to a Wednesday is because Labor Day is September the 5th in the U.S. That means they need a day to kind of get back, get their ducks in a row on that Tuesday. And then Wednesday would be the event. And then the typically products are available the following week on the Friday, which would line up with September the 16th. Now, this is not officially confirmed yet. Mark Gurman has been pretty good with his dates historically. 
but this is at least what they're targeting. And the earlier in September, for me, I think the better. Techtober is crazy, but the tech season really starts in September. So looking forward to all that. I just recently did a video that breaks down very specifically the differences between the iPhone 14 and the iPhone 14 Pro. And this is going to be a unique year where there's really differences at almost every level from the processor to the memory to the display to the cameras. And they're small things, but they do all add up. But then when I look at it, I'm like, okay, really, the iPhone 14 keeping the same A15 processor, same display, a few, some of the cameras are improved slightly. But it it really, the 14 feels like a 13S year. The iPhone 14 Pro gets a little oomph everywhere else. Potential always on display. Potential all improved cameras across the board. 48 megapixel stills, 8K video, faster processor, faster RAM, better display. But, you know, I'm I'm looking at the economy coming up and the latest report talks about how not only have, I think a couple stories have come out that they expect the new iPhone 14 Pro family to be more expensive, but the latest report from Wedbush Securities analysts say that the iPhone 14 Pro models will likely see a $100 price increase compared to the 13 Pro models. $100 more than previous versions. And it's not like we're getting any revolutionary revolutionary changes hardware-wise. Like, yes, we're getting incremental changes across the board, but, and there is a supply chain thing going on and there's components and everything going on. But look, 2023 coming out, expected to be maybe a recession year, at least not a year of prosperity for here in the US. And Apple's Pro lineup, charging $100 more. I look at all of Apple's phones right now. And if I have an iPhone 11, which was the first one with a triple lens camera, and I have felt no need to upgrade, I'm I'm probably not upgrading to an iPhone 14 Pro. If I have an iPhone 12 Pro, triple lens camera system, newer, boxier design, that is now the same as roughly the iPhone 14 Pro design, I'm probably not upgrading either. If I'm an iPhone 13 Pro person, I'm definitely not upgrading. I buy these phones to review them. In the past, when I was working at that other place, uh, I didn't have to you know, make a purchasing decision. And there were several years where I skipped upgrading. And now, if I was a consumer today, and I definitely have a 13 Pro, I, I'm telling you, I'm not upgrading to a 14 Pro. If I have a 12 Pro, and I'm a consumer today, and I'm happy, I'm not upgrading. If I'm an 11 Pro user, and I'm happy with my phone, and I actually like how that phone fits in hand better with its smoother curved edges, I'm not upgrading. I would, me personally, if I had a 10, iPhone 10 or lower, or if I had a standard iPhone 13 or 12 and I wanted to finally experience the triple lens camera, that would be the type of, that that would be compelling enough for me to upgrade. But But with what's happening and people most likely not looking to spend more money in 2023, it's going to be really interesting to see how Apple fares out this coming year. Again, I, I think I said it before, this could be a year where we don't see Apple sell as many iPhones as they have in the past. We'll see. I'm not going to doubt them, but I think if there's any year that they don't sell as many iPhones as they have before, this coming 2023 would be that year. 
But they're making them in purple. And when there's a purple phone, everyone's buying them. Not everyone. I'm the one that's buying it. So $100 price increase likely. Previously, the iPhone 13 Pro and the 13 Pro Max were $999 and $1099 retail for the entry-level models. This year, potentially $1099 starting for an entry-level iPhone 14 Pro and $1199 starting for an entry-level iPhone 14 Pro Max. We'll see how people react. Now, this is some cool news coming out of the Apple Watch camp. We know pretty much what we're all looking forward to seeing is what is Apple going to really do with this Apple Watch Pro? We've heard all the rumblings how it'll be a new design, right? Potentially longer battery life, a more rugged material. The Apple Watch Series Pro, as they say it, potentially the only model that has titanium, even though last year's Apple Watch Series 8 had titanium, but now they might be pushing the titanium models over to the Pro designation. And we saw a Galaxy Watch 5 Pro basically be a little more rugged with the titanium surface and offer a slightly larger watch face, which is what Apple's will, and bring in a few new software apps specifically to like outdoor use and tracks and trails and going back and things like that. That was just software. So this new recent um, report and research report actually published in the Texas Heart Institute Journal tells us that the Apple Watch could be used to check for symptoms of a heart attack or myocardial infarction, okay? Could be used to check for symptoms of a heart attack. So a heart attack occurs when your heart muscles, they just don't get enough oxygen because there's a block in the blood flow to the heart. So researchers from Texas Heart Institute, they've been studying this using the Apple Watch to see if it could help diagnose symptoms using the ECG feature on the Apple Watch Series 4, Series 5, Series 6, and Series 7 to record multiple ECG leads on different parts of the body. Now, this is really interesting because, yes, this is not going to be as specific as a traditional traditional 12-lead electrocardiogram that requires specific equipment and obviously professional training. But look, the Apple Watch is so advanced with the current tech that in these research, and I don't know if you remember, but when Apple first kind of launched more of these sensors, they did like research studies with Stanford and other hospitals and universities, and Texas Heart Institute is one of them that wanted to run their own studies. And according to them, the Apple Watch could provide at least a reliable analysis of a heart attack risk when symptoms develop. And then it would tell you know a user to go see urgent medical attention. But the biggest thing is it would reduce the delay to actually get treatment. And they also say the Apple Watch would not replace hospital-grade medical equipment, but the key thing here, it could provide and be a new screening tool for other environments. So that's, again, this is not a feature that has been pushed out yet. It hasn't been approved yet, but what the Texas Heart Institute Journal is saying based on their research is that it could be. So then the next step is getting it implemented and approved in the Apple Watch as a feature. And that's really exciting to know that the current hardware is doing this. You you technically don't even need any additional hardware at the moment for this. So this is just research that is still ongoing, but at least gives us a glance of what more 
this, these Apple Watches are capable of, which is pretty in- insane. And also, a reports is that a potential body temperature sensor will be coming to the Apple Watch Series 8 as well. So we'll see what happens with that. There's a lot of other uh, products that are still on the table that we may or may not see. iPads, like a, a new 10th generation iPad, iPad Pros. I've got to imagine that's going to be a separate event, but maybe maybe AirPods Pro show up at this event or they put them on the iPad event, iPad slash Mac event that we might see the Mac Pro later this year. Um, we've seen multiple. There was a year, I think, that Apple did a September, October, and November events or announcements. Uh, this year, maybe we'll see the triple trifecta, but AirPods Pro 2, you know, we've heard a lot about them. So I just wanted to kind of go down at least some of the rumored improvements that we're expecting to see. First of all, a new internal, the brains, the engine, a new what they're going to call potentially an H2 chip would be the successor to the H1 chip. Um, that was reported by Ming-Chi Kuo a long time ago, and there were no specifics of what it would do, but Ideally, you're thinking that the second generation chip is more energy efficient, brings improvements to sound quality, latency, maybe even improves the active noise cancellation, um, and then modes like transparency mode that are powered by Siri. But this upgraded chip could also potentially bring Apple lossless audio support, which has been rumored for a while for the new AirPods Pro. Uh, We see and we saw the Samsung Galaxy Buds 2 Pro look impressive they support 5.3 bluetooth which could bring a new bluetooth le audio for again lower latency higher quality they support 24-bit audio uh, if your streaming service supports high fidelity audio uh, it also is noise active noise canceling so right now i haven't they have not come out yet but those buds 2 bro are the most advanced earbuds that will hit the market and i'm, I'm really curious to see how apple Matches that, of course, you know, different ecosystems, different audiences, but still. Um, the AirPods Pro 2 expecting a longer battery life with a more efficient processor and also charging case enhancement. So they believe that this new charging case is going to be able to emit a sound. So it'll be able to make like a chirp if you're using something like the Find My app. And we've seen images of like a little hook or uh, like a little loop hook on the corner so that you could, you know, attach it to a keychain or attach little accessories to the AirPods Pro 2 case, potentially that would be coming. Uh, There is no indication that we will see USB-C on these AirPods Pro 2. All reports say right now that they'll be sticking to lightning. Also improved in-ear detection, the AirPods 3 have this cool feature where it could detect whether the earbuds are in your ears versus in your pocket, because I don't know if any of you had this issue. There are a lot of times where my podcast or music would still be playing when I had the AirPods just kind of loosely in my pocket because it couldn't tell the difference. So there'd be improved inner detection here. And then a lot of rumors saying some sort of fitness tracking within these new AirPods Pro, whether they're motion sensors or if they're tied to communicate specifically to the Apple Watch and your phone to measure different metrics, we'll see. But I think the AirPods Pro 2... Um, the thing about it is for me, the AirPods 3, they fit my ears better and the noise cancellation and seal on the AirPods Pro currently is just not that comfortable and it gets that little tightness feeling, right? It You can have noise cancellation but still feel at least a little airy. The AirPods Pro, like, they feel a little tight and I still to this day know and say that they changed the algorithm and they changed the firmware where 
the noise canceling is not as powerful as it once was. And I think maybe because it was too good. I remember when I first, I'm like, oh my God, these are like awesome. And then later on, they kind of, they kind of tweaked it. I, I don't, I'm not think I'm, I don't think I'm making this up either. I'm pretty sure they had a little tweak tweak going on. All right. Another big thanks to our sponsor indeed for sponsoring the Apple bits XL podcast. Now we are driven by what ifs. So what if hiring didn't have to be so hard? What if finding someone great could be as easy as asking them to apply? What if your dream hiring platform already exists? The answer is you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment that they sponsor a job according to Indeed data in the U.S. Even better, guys and gals, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. So join more than three million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Now, one of the things that really stands out about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place really easy with one of their features that's called assessments. So Indeed helps star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests, ranging from cooking all the way to coding. Indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interview process. The candidates get to prove themselves before the interview so that, and you can both dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. Indeed assessments, you can select for the skills that matter to you most, and you can add from a selection of over 100 hard and soft skills tests to your job post and home in on the candidates with the right skills faster. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash applebits. Offer a good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash applebits. Indeed.com slash applebits. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. All right, so we talked about the AirPods Pro, but what if you're not interested in those? And what if you're still looking and wondering what other alternatives are out there? And one of them that I would say, which is very good, are the Apple-owned Beats Fit Pro. Well, so did some other people, like Kim Kardashian, who has released... A new special edition Beats Fit Pro colors, which are Moon, Dune, and Earth. Now, if you look at these colors, they are basically like skin tones. There's like a deep, darker brown. There's like a tan. It'd be like chocolate, caramel, and then a little like creamier, light, light tan, I guess you would call it. So it's like Moon, Dune, and Earth. Um, Dark brown medium brown tan and light tan that's how i would describe it but on the internet there's this really funny meme that showed like the kim kardashian collection and other people might call it ray j kanye pete if you know what i'm talking about and you see the picture i i encourage you to look it up go check them out but these things are popular there are no changes it's just a color tone thing 199 dollars 99 cents I may be, you know, some people might be laughing or joking about them, but they sold out in one day. 
Now, I don't know how many tens of units they made, but they sold out in one day. Um, I think actually there's still a few available on uh, Amazon site, but check them out. I think the color tones are actually really cool, but I wouldn't wear them. I think they kind of have a a more, you know, ladylike appeal to them with these kind of like the nudes colors and the skin tones, but they're cool. They're different. Very different. All right. So congrats to a successful launch. Okay. Let's talk about the latest, if you like that type of thing. All right. Let's talk about the latest iOS 16 beta. They just released the recently released the sixth beta this week that was provided to developers and public beta testers as well. So there was this huge, huge like explosion in attention that, oh, Apple brought back the battery percentage option in iOS 16. And everyone jumped on it and like, oh, it's so cool. And then they tried it on their phone. They're like, dude, I can barely see the numbers. Like it's hard. I have to squint. And I know... I'm not getting old enough to the point, like I still don't need contacts. I still have either at 2020 or slightly better than 2020 vision. At least for the longest time, I had slightly better. Probably now it's like at 2020, but it's still pretty hard to see that number. And so a lot of people are like, oh, they were so happy. And then everyone kind of just went back to seeing the actual visual representation of where your battery at because it was more accurate for you to at least like eyeball it in a quick glance. Like with the number, you really have to squint. So one of the things that happened is if your battery was in um, a low power mode, you would not be able to take the battery percentage number off. But now in iOS 16 beta 6, the toggle is active to allow you to turn off the battery percentage indicator. And then you can see just that battery icon that is colored without the numbers in it. Cool. Are you happy now? So here's the thing. There's a lot of people that have earlier iPhones that want to run the betas on them or are running the betas on them. And what's happening is that not all iPhones actually are still supporting this new battery percentage feature. It's still just not enabled on some phones. So that would include uh, whether you have the latest developer beta of iOS 16 or the public beta, it's still, this feature is still not available on the standard iPhone 11, iPhone 10R iPhone 12 mini and iPhone 13 mini. So you're out of luck. I mean, there's no word if Apple's going to restrict this again. This is still a beta. They don't have to put everything in the beta. Hopefully they at least run the support out all the way. I Except, you know, I told you it's really small, right? The mini? Trying to see that number? No. I don't, I think that would, it's already not even that easy on like an iPhone 13 Pro. Don't put it on them. I could see why they might be leaving the mini out. And it would be interesting if they leave all those out and say, no, the the screen does not meet our requirements to use this feature properly to our satisfaction. I, I could see that. I could see that. All right, just some other quick things going on in the Apple world. Apple recently announces a GarageBand remix session featuring two of them, featuring Katy Perry and K-pop group 17. I know what you thought I was going to say. Starts with a B, ends with an S, and has a T in the middle, but no, it's not. So this is really cool. They've done this once in a while. They announced these new remix sessions for GarageBand, and there are free downloads in the GarageBand app for iOS and iPadOS that include a range of loops and sounds and instruments that allow you to kind of incorporate them and tweak and play around with them and mix with them. Um, you can put kind of make create your own spin on songs in there. So what they're doing is in addition to 
making these loops and sounds available. Apple's also launching a today in app at Apple session, right? They have these free sessions and free classes that you can take advantage and learn things about your hardware and the software. It's called Music Skills Remix Katy Perry. It's available at Apple stores worldwide where if you have an Apple store near you where their creative pros are going to teach customers, which are you, how to remix Harley's in Hawaii, which is a Katy Perry song that I legit don't even know. Maybe I've heard it, but I, I, if I heard it, I would not say, oh, that's Harley's in Hawaii. Sounds corny. I'm not judging her music, but sounds corny. So you can use GarageBand um, to play with this and take part in the session. So I love it. It's like free content available to your devices, Apple supporting with classes. People can go in and learn new things and like take advantage of it. That's awesome. I dig it. Okay. I'm going to take us back. Take us back in a time. 24 years ago this week, the first, the very first iMac went on sale. Remember that thing? Looked like a gumdrop. Bondi blue was the color. It just looked like the friendliest, cutest, awesome computer. I remember it looked like a computer that I wanted to hang out with. So the iMac was introduced by Steve Jobs. And this was the computer that I know internally, because remember, this is the era of like, you know, boring beige PCs, but internally, you know, Apple to really make a consumer geared, consumer target computer, that was a big deal. There was, there were people that didn't want it to happen. I know for a fact, I had a certain relative that worked at Apple at the time where there were people that did not support this idea, but this is Steve Jobs coming back to Apple to reinvigorate them. And the iMac was the home run, knocked them out of the park with this that reinvigorated app. I think they sold like 5 million units initially of this device. They announced it, I believe, at Flint Center, which is at De Anza College in Cupertino, which happens to be my hometown. I mean, that that college is literally like three minutes away from where I grew up. Um, and my parents are both teachers, so they were around Max all the time. So here's some things, right? Look it up. It's like, I call it the gumdrop. It had those amazing colors that Apple brought back similarly to the M1 iMac. So I loved that nostalgia that connects and bridges the past to the present. But some of the things like, I forget about this. I knew it had a G3 processor, 233 megahertz processor. It featured a 15 inch display. What do you think the resolution was? I'll tell you what it was. 1024 by 768. It had four gigs of disk storage, 32 megs of megs, megs of RAM. There's a 24X CD-ROM drive. The key thing about that 15-inch display is at the time, most computers, a majority of them, were using 13 to 14-inch displays. So this was like, again, revolutionary. They had all this cool advertising. like, And Steve Jobs even said about this specific machine, everyone's wondering, like, what did the I in the iMac mean? And remember, that I ends up permeating through so many of Apple's products from the past and today. And he did say it was the combination of the excitement of the internet and the simplicity of the Macintosh. So although it's not officially what the I means in all of Apple's products, at least the iMac stood for Internet Mac. I mean, I remember this, but it's just fun to like read it again. There was a 100 megabit <laughs> Ethernet port, a 33.6K modem. Modem! It did have stereo sound, two USB ports, and a keyboard. It had the mouse from hell. It sure as hell looked cute. 
but it was like a hockey puck that was made for childlike cans. It's it retailed for twelve ninety nine. So twenty four years ago, this thing transformed helped to transform Apple. So amazing. I love how Apple connected the past to its present. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. We are highly and eagerly anticipating Apple's fall event, September 7th. That's pretty dang close. What? That is about two, two and a half weeks away. Yikes. That would be crazy if that happens. If, you know, who knows if they're going to make it an in-person event. Maybe they will. If they will, I'll probably be there. I kind of hope they don't only because I love doing the freaking live stream. And when it's iPhone season, the live stream is lit. It is crazy. Oh, it's so fun. So there you go. We'll see what happens. But thanks, everybody, for listening. We got to give big thanks to our Platinum Apples at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you to all of you who continue to allow me to freaking do this. Y'all are amazing, and I'm always so grateful. And if you want to join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Tong. We do a lot of fun stuff, and we're really, we've really built like a cool community. Um, and thank you all of you who are participating. And that Closure Rings Challenge, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for y'all. But that's going to do it for this week. Take care, everybody. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.